Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The OG of Jets podcasting and vlogging is back. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. This is There's Always Next Year with Brian Bassett. I'm back. The real me. Let's not, not make a whole thing of it. And his co-hosts, Chef Travis Milton. Today we're going to be making the students my tasty baked ziti with basil and fresh mozzarella. And Josh Conrad. Oh, my brother, testify. On Play Like a Jet Digital. Welcome back to There's Always Next Year. I am your host, Brian Bassett. With me today is Josh Conrad. Travis Milton on assignment. Actually, his assignment is to get his voice better. Apparently, he he has completely lost his voice. Maybe he was screaming too hard at the television while he was watching the <laughs> New York Jets just <laughs> have no answers for the Atlanta Falcons, Josh, in their 13-8 to loss. Uh, this game drops the Jets now to a lowly 4-8. and um, multi-game skid in effect. Falcons get to six and six. And uh, and Josh, it was clear that there was no answers coming from this offense. Certainly not at the end of the game when they needed that, you know, touchdown to kind of, you know, go ahead or, you know, get get back a, get back into the game. And it was just clearly not going to happen. And it was not going to happen with Tim Boyle in the in the quarterback uh seat or Trevor Simeon, who's everybody's just been just knows is going to totally change this this whole team around and was going to give them the spark that they needed. That turned out not to be the case. In fact, he got sacked three times, fumbles, uh, just just brutal, brutal game. Josh, um, I know that emotionally you have, um, you know, let's just say buried this team. Like, you know, this mm-hmm. team, you gave it its last rights. You put it in the ground. You threw the ceremonial, um, you know, from dust to dust, flower, some dust, from dust, dust we have come past. to dust we yeah. shall return. Yeah, I mean, how how <laughs> when you when you kind of you know now that you've processed your grief on what is the twenty twenty three season, if 18, 13 to eight. I mean, how what what is your what is your clinical assessment of of the Jets this game? kind of walking away from this as we, you know, now go into our 13th game of the season. Uh-huh. Yeah, I just we, – we've been saying it the last few weeks. Ever since Zach Wilson's gone to the bench, I just want to remind all of our listeners, if you're frustrated, if you're feeling this sense of like, I, I was hoping for wins and why aren't we winning and you're yelling at your TV and you're not talking to your kids, like we, if, if you switch – if you switch from winning mode to tanking mode – 
Um, you can't then expect to win games. We are no longer, right. and we have not been for several weeks, in win mode. We're in, listen, and, and if Travis was here, he would say, Tim Boyle, Susan Boyle, don't matter. doesn't matter. It's not, not going to matter. <laughs> you can put a, a, a different boil we've never heard of. Uh, you can right. boil some water. You can boil some crabs. It ain't going to matter. Um, no matter what's boiling, um, we're not winning games right now. So it, it just reminds yourself that we are in tanking mode, and it just feels a whole lot better. Um, I'm not saying that I'm glad we're in tanking mode. I am saying that that is the reality. This team told us three weeks ago we are packing it in for the, for the rest mm-hmm. of this season. Aaron Rodgers went down on the first drive of the first game. And since then, we tried to band-aid this together. We're not going to grow. Uh, the Giants game, I think, is going to loom as like the pivotal turning moment, even though we won that game, that, man, we are not going to be able to sustain a three-month journey into the playoffs with this offense as presently constructed without Aaron Rodgers helming it. This offensive line is a is a, is a not shambles offensive line. <laughs> I couldn't think of another word. Um, and so – just remind yourselves we are in tanking mode. And so if we are in tanking mode, do not expect to win games. We're going to tank and we're going to lose football games. And that's the intention of the football team. The sooner you can make your peace with that, the sooner you can realize that this season started from dust and to dust whence it shall return once more. I think that's, that's well said. And yeah, there, there were these moments where it's, it's so weird as a fan. I hate, I hate this aspect of fandom where you're kind of like, wincing when they start putting a drive together and you're like, Oh man, like they're actually going to score. They could, you know, they could go ahead here on the series. And then, you know, it don't, don't you know it, you get two, you get two pre-snap false start penalties in a row to, you know, knock you back 10 yards when you're, you know, at the 40 yard line of the opposing team. And you're just like, okay, like, I know I should be mad about this, but I'm kind of relieved and I'm, and Mm -hmm. I'm also guilty about the fact that I feel this way. But hey, here we are. So, um, mm-hmm. so, so yes, like y- it's it's just that that it's so sad. And you know, I, we named the podcast for a reason, as as it is. And I hope that someday we get to change the name. But um, but it is it is frustrating to have to flip the switch in your brain to that. But yep. like to watch yep. it from that perspective, and especially like. Once, like, you know, the first quarter's in the books or, you know, first half's in the books and you're like, okay, this is clearly, you know, it's not going to happen today. When, the, when you know, you're scoring field goals and, you know, safeties, like your best your best offensive weapon is a safety. Like, oh, man, you know, and I'm sure everybody's heard the stat, right, that they have more first quarter safeties now than first quarter touchdowns. First quarter touchdowns. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I mean, that is just – just insult Bad. stats on top, on top insult yeah. stats at this point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Insult stats. Right. Yeah. Yeah. ESPN's ESPN's insult stat department, you know, pulled that one out <laughs> for us. So thanks. Thanks gang. Um, okay. Trevor Simeon saw the field. We talked, I just talked about him a little bit, right? Like whether it's Tim Boyle or Susan Boyle, like there was this hope that Trevor Simeon, was something right there was this hope that like you know, hey this is a guy he's played for the jets before um you know he was pretty good when he took over for peyton manning with a you know pro bowl roster in 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 uh in, in denver um so yeah why, why would it not work here right it, it's going to be better mm-hmm. he's the only nfl caliber quarterback on this team uh okay sure uh how'd that go like and i get it like he didn't have the full week of practice or whatever but like did you expect him to do any better? Like Joe Flacco 
effectively has walked in off the street uh, and is helping the Browns, you know, basically put together a more potent offense than um, than the Jets have all season. Uh, like, why, why, why do, do are people? Was there really something there with Trevor Simeon or were people just deluding themselves with that? He was some sort of, you know, ace in your, up the sleeve or whatever. For the oh Jets. yeah. We're, we're delusional. Like let's make no qualms about it. Like, let's not be unclear. We are a delusional <laughs> fan base. And so like, let's, let's not try to pretend like we know what we're talking about at any moment. Um, no, like that's hope. That's the hope in human beings is you're going to cling to if only these nine things happen ex- ex- in the midst of this dark moment, if these nine things happen perfectly, then I'm out of it. We delude ourselves into thinking we're Tobias Funke on the couch with his wife saying, no, these people delude themselves into thinking that it'll work for them, but maybe it'll work for us. Um, so it's just, it's never going to happen that way. Um, and everything comes down to offensive line. You know, the Browns have, have a really good offensive line. Um, and so that's why I think you're seeing, Joe Flacco off the couch, um, go out and, you know, put up a stat line that might be one of the top 10 stat lines from the Jets in the last 10 years. Like that's, it's just, it's just, that's, that's the reality when you have an offensive line that is capable in front of you. I think, I think end of, end of this season, if we start even now writing, writing the, the obituary on the 2023 football season, I think we're going to look back um, at this year as maybe the worst the worst year of offensive line play that we have ever seen. And you see to Travis's point. And so if there's a silver lining here for our, for our, for our guy um, is that he's absolutely right. If you can't have consistent, decent middle of the pack offensive line play, um, then nothing else truly matters. You can have Mm. skill positions filled out everywhere else. If you don't have more than a second and a half before your quarterback is under duress, if you can't have, um, the offensive line stay on the line of scrimmage during a running play, then your all world running back can't get more than a couple yards anyway. So if everything starts in your backfield defensively um, pressures on your, on your quarterback, on your, on your running backs, you're already operating um, from a position of weakness. And so um, everything and anything needs to be done to address the fact that this offensive line, the plan coming into the year fell apart very quickly, that injuries upon injuries upon injuries um, has led, led left them in a place where you can't do anything successfully. Um, and that's, I think, now even bleeding over to our defense, who, again, played really well. Sauce is incredible. And that defense mm-hmm. did everything they could from literally spotting spotting the offensive two-point lead. Um, and then the moment that an, an, opposite, an opposing team scores 10 points, functionally, you're done. And so when it was, I think, 10-5 at halftime, I knew, like, we're not getting three drives down the field where we can even kick field goals to win mm-hmm. two drives to get down the field and win this thing 11 to 10. It was just not going to happen. Um, and so the moment that you can't, you can't operate um, basic football plays, like who cares about the plays, who cares about the play calls. If that offensive line cannot put together um, two, three, four, five decent plays in a row up front, then you're not going to get have any success as an offense. And so we're seeing the fruit of that now. Um, if some of that was in the process, that needs to be addressed with the coaching staff and with Joe Douglas. Um, and then if some of that is just the injuries piling up, piling up, piling up to the point that, like we've said before, you know, Larry Brown's not walking through that door. Uh, uh, Mike Pouncey is not walking through that door. Yeah. Chad yeah. Pennington's not walking through that door. Uh, yeah, like you're, you're, John Hanna's not, not walking through that door. Through that door. 
Yeah. Anthony Munoz not walking through that door. Like there's, there's just, there's no possible way that you're going to put together competent offense with an offensive line this bad period. End of sentence, write the obituary. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. There are some things unfolding. We're going to get to that in, in a minute, but... um. This is this is so weird. So so just you talked about injuries. I just did wanna I did wanna talk about this briefly. So it looks like coming out of this game, CJ Uzoma has been moved to the IR. I know he was injured. This is kind yeah. of a you know maybe a silver lining here um, for the Jets. And you know we we're seeing more of Rucker, but you know maybe we'll we'll continue to see more of him as as we go. Uh, Perry and Winfrey, who was just brought up, I believe, from the practice squad. Uh, he also is on IR as well. It's tragic. Just his first game played, and he uh, and and he's uh, he's put on the IR. But um, comparatively to a Jets, uh, well, whatever uh, MetLife Stadium rain game, you know, sodden field situation, like not not as bad as as it could have been from an injury standpoint. But also to your point earlier, like there's so many injuries. Like who who else could be injured? at this point right mm-hmm. like i mean it, yeah like there's no one else to injure um but but two two guys who are going to go to the ir which will change the way things look a little bit um but th- there is a situation kind of unfolding we're taping this on monday afternoon lots going on there are words from the athletic i mean <laughs> effectively how do i how do i put on my my old kind of um you know media commentary at hat uh, there, there was like basically two people, Diane Rossini, who's pretty, uh, well-respected and, um, uh, Zach Rosenblatt, right. Who, who covers mm-hmm. the jets. They both reported effectively at the same time that there had been like, con- I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to pull it up specifically. I'm just going to paraphrase, but basically that Zach Wilson was unwilling to, start again as a uh, as a starting quarterback he was he was unwilling to kind of take the plunge back into that um and they basically like did a three two one send or they scheduled their send at like you know whatever 123 one you know in the afternoon and then you know kind of all hell broke loose from people commenting on it um since that's happened robert sala has come to the podium he he talked to the he talked to uh media it was a delayed he was supposed to be there a certain time, but his schedule got pushed back probably to get some coaching on what to say or to have some conversations that he needed to have so he could speak in the present tense. But effectively, in the time frame between uh, when that re- uh, whatever report was released on Twitter and, um, and Salah came to the podium, there was a lot of speculation about um, – effectively the jets want to go back to zach wilson which is just hilarious for a a myriad of reasons and then zach Mm -hmm. wilson effectively had turned them down and then there was also talk that aaron Rodgers, like had um you know kind of encouraged him to 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 play i I don't know again like i i can't substantiate any of this stuff 
but that that was the story. And then Robert Sala comes to the podium and basically says, no, like Zach Wilson is willing to play. And kind of the, you know, the, the tag quote, the pull quote is, you know, quote, let's be clear. If he was reluctant to play, he wouldn't be here. Um, and so while they have not decided on a starting quarterback for uh, this next game, um, you know, the, the, the idea is out there that, you know, according to Robert Sala, that Zach wants the ball, he wants to play. Um, but, you know, again, there's these kind of, you know, under the table reports that maybe he's worried about injury. You know, I mean, also, there's just a sense of like, I, I can't blame the guy if that's if that if he wants to decline the opportunity to play. It's like, look, you made me, you know, I, I was kind of talking about this on Twitter. It's like they made him the monster that he is. And then they mm-hmm. have, you know, they now revile the monster that they themselves created. So like for the monster to lash out, like, you know, this is the story of Frankenstein, right? Like it's effectively what it is. Like they, they have created this monster. They loathe the monster that they created. They, cre- they hate their creation. Um, but now like uh, that doesn't track so, as much to Frankenstein, but like, you know, when the monster takes actions that you, you view as reprehensible, you only have yourself to blame in this situation. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like the, there's just, just pure willful ignorance, like taking place from the jets and their actions and the way that they've treated this whole thing. Right. Like, I mean, and we, we're not going to go through the litany of reasons why, but like you can understand why that would be the case. And you could understand like, we'll never necessarily know, but my, if, if I had to, you know, place money on like what actually happened, like Robert Sala ran back to have a conversation with Zach Wilson before he had to go out and face reporters and talk to ESPN radio or whatever. Right. Like, um, like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what, what thoughts do you have in terms of how this thing has, you know, this drama has unfolded on Twitter on Monday afternoon. Listen, if, if I'm, you know, take away Jets fandom and just, just really, you know, unbiased uh, look at at Zach Wilson right now. You were deactivated three weeks ago. You were sent to the bench. You you were kind of told we're going to go a different direction at quarterback. Um, looking at what Tim Boyle has done behind the same offensive line for the most part that Zach Wilson has had. Um, you know, not great success the last three weeks as well. Um, and if you confided in a teammate, man, I don't even know if I want to go back in there or, you know, I, you know, and then once that leaks out, like, no, 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 I definitely want to play. Um, and then the same thing is happening with Robert Sala. It comes down to what we talked about last week, which is just the communication and the leadership of this team feels like such a mess um, that if things are leaking out, that's actually the biggest problem to me um, that people are, are going and, um, you know, if Zach says to a teammate and whoever that might be, um, you know, it could be maybe maybe Aaron's trying to help him with this and trying to make it look like, you know, there's even more chaos and I want to get Salah out of here. Nothing can be ruled out at this point, Brian. Nothing is mm-hmm. outside of the, the realm of possibility with this team and this franchise. Um, but I would bet that Zach probably did say to a teammate, like, man, I don't even know if I mm-hmm. want to go back in there. But no, 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 that, that doesn't play well publicly. So once that's out of the public... No, I definitely want to play if someone's going to ask me to play. Um, right. My biggest, my biggest <laughs> thought there is just like, like you deactivated him. You told him you want to go a different direction. Whether that was, you know, and Zach may be feeling like I'm probably going to be cut this offseason. Like that's a real possibility. Or, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be, 
um, extending my uh, the, yes, the team's my not going to option me. Yeah, my, I'm yeah. not going to I'm not going to extend my lease here in uh, totally. in Town. Yeah. Like if if I'm Zach Wilson, like it behooves you to probably not be on this team next year. And so nothing is outside the realm of possibility with me because listen, some other team, he's going to land somewhere next off season. Like it's, it's, I would guarantee I'd bet my life on it. Someone's going to go top two pick in the draft, but it was the jets. Um, we've seen Gino eventually thrive other places. Sam Darnold's, you know, an active backup somewhere else. Like these guys that seem to come away from the Jets seem to start playing a little bit better. Joe Flacco, very like, you know, obviously a part of that as well. Like there's he so was elite. Pieces. He was so elite. Yeah, he was elite. Um, elite. so it 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 behooves it behooves, in my opinion, for Zach, it behooves me if I'm Zach Wilson to want to get out of this organization anyway that has you know not surrounded me with talent or um, asked too much of me or whatever if that's his point of view I, I've got a different point of view with him as well but um, I do think that anything is possible here that everybody's turning to self-interest we talked about this a couple weeks ago mm. as well that it's going to just be every man for himself either I want to have a place on this roster going forward or I don't and you're just going to start hearing things I said Garrett might you might hear some of this stuff from Garrett's camp you might hear from Brees's camp you know Brees might start saying man my hamstring's actually not good um i need to shut down for the rest of the year or the the training staff is not taking care of me i want my own doctors to look at this you're just going to hear all the little bits and pieces over the next six weeks um of self-interest from guys so don't be shocked when every single player is suddenly either on ir or every single player is suddenly you know being quoted by zach rosenblatt as saying you know i don't have any trust in robert Soller or this coaching staff or nat hackett is a bum or this guy's not even around the building enough you're just going to hear every possible thing and filter all of that through the lens that everybody is now mm. just looking out for themselves and the future of themselves in this game so don't be shocked don't take anything you know at at face value other than to say that everyone is now looking for their next job everybody's punting on this season um including the jets organization so nothing will shock me and nothing will phase me at this point that i hear you know i was just curious so i I took a look at over the cap just to see like what could the jets realistically do next year so basically no matter it doesn't matter post june one or pre-june one if they cut them they they eat an 11 million dollar cap hit and they get no savings against that against that hit um but if they were to trade him now i mean <laughs> good luck trading you know you you might have to trade um zach wilson plus a fifth rounder for a seventh rounder right like i mean that's that's kind of what we're talking about here um but like if you could find someone to take him on and make him their third quarterback let's say like they could save five million dollars that that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is interesting to think about. Like, yeah, uh, you know, n- the the trick is like they've got to find somebody who, you know, would want to do that, would want to take that on. But like that that's really the only way you gain anything by getting this guy off the roster, right? I mean, other than just you know all the, um, you know. <laughs> the sins of Israel, right? Like being, being put Mm. on. And I say that from a biblical sense, just like being put onto the scapegoat and then, you know, let out into the wild, right? Like other than that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, pushed off the cliff. Jeez. Dang. Yeah. I've been there. I I can show you pictures of where, where they would walk that sacrificial lamb from Jerusalem out into the wilderness and then literally push him off a cliff. Uh, Not not a good look. 
That's the yes. Valley of the Dry Bones, by the way. That's a whole other biblical uh, thing. We don't have to get into it. Interesting. Interesting. I, yeah, we definitely need to talk about that. Uh, but yeah, effectively, <laughs> like if you're going to scapegoat him, like that's the way you've got to do it. You've got to find somebody to trade him, even if you end up worse for it. Like if you're, if you're trying to make cap savings, if that's the reason, if, if that's the reason you're going to do that, if you're just like, forget it, doesn't matter, then just cut him. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, oh, it's, it's rough, but like, it, it's funny how, yeah, Jeff, Howe kind of, you know, pipes in from new England, like <laughs> new England's having such a great season. Uh, but Jeff, Howe of the athletic from new England is basically like, look, if somebody asked him, he'd play, you kind of alluded to that. Um, like it's just such childish stuff. And we were kind of laughing before we started taping just to say, like, to me, to me, it feels, it feels like. You know, when you have these friends that are just like a total, you know, emotional train wreck and, you know, they're telling you about their relationships with other people and kind of what emotional train wrecks they are. And you just like you, you love these people and you care about these people. But at the same time, you're just like, I just can't deal with you. Like, it's fine for you to talk and I'm going to let you talk because you clearly need to. But like, I just no emotional investment because you're just you're as you said a couple weeks ago like you're not serious people you're not a serious organization so like why would i i would expect you to to act seriously like i just uh, until Mm -hmm. you start acting seriously and i see you maturing like i'm just i'm not going to treat you that way um yeah and so so here's a weird thing though like this whole zach wilson wrinkle and whether he's going to play or not and we were talking a little bit about just kind of the the tank mode aspect of this team, like how does, what, what does going back to Zach Wilson do? If, if you're a tankathon watcher, let's just say that, like what does Zach Wilson do, if anything, to, uh, you know, affect the, the tankathon outcome of the jets, um, you know, kind of shimmying their way through to get that third overall pick. Does it do anything? I don't know. I, <laughs> it's the best I don't know. Delay. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, and I think that's it. Like, I think, I mean, yeah. if, Tra- if Travis was here today and his voice would allow him, he, he would basically say, look, it does not matter. It does not matter right. who's back there. The line is such a shambles, right? And I mean, hey, we had Mackay Becton out there for a bit. Did he? Did he? Stay in the whole game. I can't remember. Uh, I don't. Snap. I don't think he did. Yeah, um, I know he Maybe came out at one see. point. Uh, right. Pro football Reference. Yeah, let's see. Um, I'll look it up. But, um, but like, I don't know that it matters. But like, I, like, I guess the thing, the only thing that I can ask myself is like, is he better than Tim Boyle? Is he better than Trevor Simeon? And I think. The answer is he's the same. I don't know that it necessarily matters, um, but he's he's a cleaner version of the same results, right? Like it's a better version or a nicer version. The results are the same, largely, uh, maybe marginally better, maybe marginally better, but um, but like it, the, the results still led us to the same place. So th- does it matter? Like I I, I don't. I don't think so. Like on the margins. Yes. Like if you're trying to lose the Patriots game, I think Zach Wilson starting or not starting matters. Like, but outside Mm -hmm. of that, if you're playing the dolphins, 
I don't think it matters, right? Like, I, if I'm just looking at the remaining record of this team, like there are games where it would matter very much, and there are games where it would not matter very much. And you know, like, um, so who who do they have left? They have the Texans left. I mean, CJ, that team is on fire. Commanders, um, yeah, uh, they have. They're at the Dolphins. Just that does not matter. Commanders are a mess. Um, so it could matter there. The Browns are a mess, but a great defense and, you know, a, an offense that's kind of, you know, limping along uh, and still winning games, you know, somehow uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at that game in particular. That's an eight fifteen Thursday night game, baby. So yeah, strap the uh, strap in for that one. That'll be, that'll be fun. Uh, Thursday night football Browns uh, jets at Browns. Um, uh, and then, yeah, but that it's like the, the commanders game and the Patriots games. Like, I think that's where Zach could make a difference. Right. Uh, and right. if the teams continue to get healthy, if we see Tipman back out there, if we see others back out there, like for you tankathons, uh, you know, that, that could be a concern. What do you think? Like you just, yeah. Any, any more thoughts on Zach and his impact just, or lack of impact? I, I, I would actually, it's so weird. Because this sounds like even more dysfunction on in public, I would love for Zach to just opt out of playing quarterback for the Jets. <laughs> but that'll that'll kill not that'll kill it. his long term prospects in the league. Correct. You know, do we want to sign a guy that's going to be so brazen? Um, so that's not going to happen. But um, th- you know, there there are <laughs> there are very few downsides to me as the fan with Zach Wilson playing at this point, doesn't seem like it's really going to matter other than it just gets him more reps. Um, albeit behind a broken line um, with a disgruntled and uh, frustrating um, team around him. Um, so he might just get pressed back in um, for no other reason that he kind of has to, if you want to be an NFL quarterback um, going forward, whether it's for this franchise or for another one. Um, I don't think it improves nor hurts our chances much more um, at a top five pick. I think we're losing to at least four of these teams, no matter what. Um, and I think, I think the the Patriots game is going to be the one that might be Belichick and Salah staring at each other from across the field, daring the other one to score some points and finding ways to give up <laughs> points um, on a, on a, you know, a, a, it could be a very fascinating watch as each team is just, quarterback sneaking for three plays and punting for, for two hours. So uh, I, it doesn't matter. It do, it honestly doesn't matter to me one way or another, other than at this point, I would love, I would love the drama of Zach just going, nah, I don't want to play. <laughs> uh, so yeah, just a quick look, Mekhi Beckton, he played all 68 offensive snaps. So he I don't did. know why. Okay. I thought, I thought, I he, thought he came out at too. one point. Yeah. I thought he was injured at one point, but I guess, he must have come out and then there was a timeout or something and he was able to go back in. Um, but yeah, I was like, I feel like he was playing, but I couldn't remember. And I thought he came out. I thought there was an injury, but so yeah. Okay. So yeah, Becton did play the entirety of the game. Um, all right. Quick look at Tankathon. We are currently in sixth place behind Chicago's natural um, climbing position at, at, at five. Yeah. We were climbing. We were, I think seventh or eighth as of last week. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, but so, so now, now into sixth. So Chicago is ahead of us, same record, Washington four and nine, they've got a bye week coming up. Um, so, you know, assume the jets get to four and nine, like they have a chance, basically that head to head against Washington could be a real difference maker for, for kind of where things land, you know, does it put them in the top five or not? Like if they win that Washington game, that would put them in the top five. 
Um, and then, right, as you say, New England currently holding the second spot with a two and 10 record. It might be beyond like at that point, like they might, they might have had that. Uh, I mean, New England is just uninspired. I mean, they lost six zero yeah. to the chargers dude. Yeah. Um, so like they could have that second spot all sewn up by the time the jets see them. But would I put it? I think that makes them even more dangerous if they actually go out and beat the jets and they have that second spot sewn up like that. <laughs> That would be it's that even would worse. Be, you know, that's so Bill Belichick to do that, right? Like it would make it so much worse for Bill Belichick to find a way to like lose to the Jets, you know, solely so that they would move from let's say third or fourth place back to sixth or eighth or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's let's uh, and and I think a thing that I'll say, Josh, is like we as fans we talked about earlier we're delusional. Here's another place where Jets fans, especially you know the the tank, and I, I do not I do not fault the tank people, but like those people who are kind of gunning for that third spot, okay, that's available to us. That that's that's there's an opportunity there. Arizona just won a game against the Steelers. Like there's there there seems to be life there with Kyler Murray coming back and all that. Um, <laughs> uh, you're setting yourself up to be disappointed if you if you believe. The only way to get to a successful season is is through the the third pick in this draft, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that said, like I'm curious to know. We were talking some about last week. What would you do with free agency, and who would you keep, and who would you cut, and who would you? What would you try and look for? Um, just play this out. Like I think, uh, I mean, Chicago could. I don't see why they wouldn't take one of the top quarterbacks. New England would be absolutely crazy if they didn't take whoever Chicago didn't take with the second, you mm-hmm. know, with the second pick, whether it's Drake May or whomever. Um, if the Jets, and again, it's a big if for them to get to third place. I, I do not think it's going to happen. I could see them ending up around no. fifth or something like that. But if they were to make it to third place, like, what would you do? Like, I mean, you're, let's just say, let's just say they, they wind up there. Would you go for a quarterback? I mean, obviously, it's this all depends, right? And who's available and how good are they? But like, it, just from a purely positional standpoint, would you take a quarterback? Would you take Marvin Harrison Jr. or would you, you know, I'll, I'll kind of make this third option two options effectively take take an offensive lineman or move back to let somebody else take a Marvin Harrison or a you know, I mean, Brock Bowers could very well go inside the top 10 and there could be some crazy team that wants to take him at three. Um, like, would you would you trade back, you know, in the in the hopes of getting another pick or something like that? You could use, um, I don't know, to secure a Devonte Adams or whatever. Like, would you move back off that third pick? I wouldn't. Um, I think unless you are bowled over with an offer. And we know Joe Douglas loves that draft capital. And so unless you are bowled over because either Drake may or um, the other, maybe I I guess it's really just Drake, Drake may and Caleb Williams up there right now. But um, Mm -hmm. you know, unless Michael, I was going to say like, unless Michael mm -hmm. Penix starts driving, you know, rising. Yeah. He he will certainly Richardson last year. Yeah. He'll get steamed up. Penix will get steamed up. So short of, short of that and a team going, Man, we also feel like we're just quarterback away or, um, you know, if, if, um, 
Arizona is there and they want to make a move or, you know, who knows, whoever that mystery team would be is willing to give us two first rounders and we're dropping back six or seven picks to do so. Um, I, I just say, hold on to it and take one of the, Mm. there's a couple tackles up, up that high, the, the guy from that monster guy from, from uh, Notre Dame. Um, And I think there's somebody else, but um, I would just, I would lock in right now that we are taking an offensive lineman and the very best prospect we can as, high as possible um, and that's going to at least indicate to me that you know joe douglas and the team feels like hey if we've got aaron healthy with our position players if we actually can in one season move this offensive line from dead last in the league to middle of the pack then we've got a chance to be successful um, i think that would indicate everything to us about direction of the franchise i'd be i'd be very cautious of just staying up there and taking a Drake may um, and just adding him to, to tra- and Travis, he would say the same thing. If he was sitting here with us right now, it doesn't matter. You could have John Elway back there. He's going to be running for his life um, behind this <laughs> offensive line. If it's not addressed. And typically that's not going to be super well addressed in free agency. Um, you know, I, I think we're building through the draft. I think we're building offensive line still. So that would be my indication or my hope I would say is that we just stay put and that three to six range um, and just take one of those two tackles and at least announce that we are building an offensive line for the future. We'll see what Becton looks like in the offseason. We'll see what um, ABT looks like in the offseason. We'll see what Tippin looks like in the offseason plus this addition. At least then you start to feel like there is a plan moving forward with this offensive line rather than we're just going to kind of, um, you know, plug in, not play. <laughs> we're not even plugging and playing. We're plugging in, not playing. Um, but that would be the indication to me is that we're going to stay close to that top six range and go ahead and just draft as many offensive linemen as we possibly can in the entirety of that draft. Yeah. Fashanu is like the top guy. He's out of Penn state. That's the kid. Yeah. That's the other guy. Yeah. 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 He's, he's one of the best um, prospects people are saying, um, you know, since some of the greats, Joe Thomas, uh, others like Mm. that. So he he could be truly great. Um, The other guy from Notre Dame, Joe Alt is also an excellent player, big, big guy. um, But, um, yeah, maybe, you know, it, it seems that, you know, because he's because he's so big, like, I think there's questions of, like, can he use that? Like, does he know how to use that properly? Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see. But still, great player uh, would would take him. But I think, yeah, if, if I'm inside the top five, I, I think I'd want I'd want Fashanu. And then out, outside of that, like, I think I'd be more more willing to yeah get over by a by an offer to see if i could move back the problem is like i was just looking at like the you know the board kind of the projected board on on tankathon i do not believe outside of well you've got arizona who have two picks in the first round but they've got you know they're they're currently at three and 18 because they have houston's um but then like there's no other team that has like two first round picks. So like if you're, let's say you land a three, like there, I do not believe as currently constituted, there is another team that like you could get two, let's say middle of the first or, you know, mid to late firsts for, for that pick in addition to whatever else you would, you know, you would uh, grab from, from another team. But um, yeah. So like, I just, unfortunately, um, unless there's a quarterback there at three and someone is just willing to, you know, vastly overpay over the next three years, um, it's mm-hmm. probably going to get hot. It's going to be hard to get that kind of blockbuster deal 
um, that you just can't say no to. Um, so I think, yeah, I think to your point, the Jets are probably going to have to stick wherever they are. Um, I mean, you know, who knows? Things certainly change and, um, you know, situation is, is very fluid and we're a long way off from the draft, but it is going to be a hard, hard I, one to figure out, like, who would their trade partners even be to move back and move back in a way which still lets them do a significant level of loading up? The, the other part of that, too. So if you're if you're not if you're going to stay still and you're not going to address the offensive line. That's where you if you're Aaron Rodgers, you can't like do the third round because right? yeah. you lose the second pick because of um, what's it right? Because of, because of the, the Aaron Rodgers trade, right? Like you don't totally. have your second pick, which is going to be a high right. second, you know, the way it's it's setting up. Yeah. And so like, mm. if you're not going to address it at the top of the draft, that's even telling someone like Aaron Rodgers, like, Hey man, we're, we're moving a different direction. And, and what could have been a, a two year window with him is now done. Um, and he's not going to want to come back and he might just on the spot retire. Um, and then you're, you have, <laughs> then you're, then you've really got out. another rookie, another rookie quarterback. With hey, exactly. You want to come back? We um, just traded you. Been, you come back and start. Time, for us? Time, time is a flat circle in that instance. Uh, <laughs> so I, I just, I think that the smart, logical thing to do is just address offensive line, um, get one of those tackles kind of in different ways, I guess, hope for the best that you've got some health and you can put together a team in front of, in front of Aaron Rodgers. Um, for, for better or worse, I think at least for next year, we are still tied to him and our, our draft is going to have to reflect that. Mm. All right. Well, Hey, um, before we go, I, I wrote down this note to myself, um, and I want to ask, I do want to circle back on um, the game, the Falcons game, because I, I meant to talk to you about this, but I didn't. Um, can we talk about the officiating of this game? Oh. Um, I am not that guy that's going to like just, you know, like officiating is officiating. I know they're doing their best, but like, to me, watching that game and the inconsistency of the refereeing of that game, like, Am I alone in that that was horrible? Like, was that just, was it just horrible, horrible officiating? It was bad, especially that first half. Like there was, there was the call against Garrett Wilson for holding. That was like, it was just so, it was indicative of like, there is, there is something going on. And and sometimes the confluence of of missed calls across a Sunday make it seem so much worse because there was also, um, I didn't stay up to watch it, but I saw some some clips about it today. A, a really bad no call at the end of the Chiefs Packers game. That was also yeah. Like, this is the most clear defensive pass interference you could possibly yeah, be, and it goes uncalled, yes. mm-hmm. and it just calls into question again. Like NFL refereeing is, it just seems so subjective. And because the game has gotten faster and bigger, that these guys have not improved along with the game, that they're going to have to address it somehow, whether it's a spotter um, who is up in the booth and making calls from there or correcting calls or changes to how calls can be reviewed automatically. If there's something that the spotter can see that's just clear and common sense, it just comes down to the common sense part of like, man, if you get a room full of people in a bar, that's again, unbiased, but if, you know, they're not rooting for the, you know, the Steelers or the, you know, the chiefs or whatever. Um, and, and they know, no, that's a catch or that's a fumble, or this is a penalty. Like if we can figure out how to, how to harness the common sense of the, of the standard NFL fan in an unbiased way, like we have to, we have to make some changes to the way that the game is officiated because 
the Jets don't need eight penalties and a half to go against them to lose a game, but it just made that first half even sadder um, just mm-hmm. to watch some of the calls that were being called on us that, you know, are just, you know, they're at least ticky tack and it's just turns into a ref show and just the human element comes in in some ways that it's super, super infuriating. Um, Cause some of those calls were very, yeah. very poor. Yeah. The interception that was a race, yes. the chat, the Chaz Surratt, um, mm-hmm. Uh, like um, lowering the head to initiate contact. And it was just, it was like completely incidental. The block in the back by, um, uh, who was that on? Uh, uh, I can't remember. It was uh, like, there was, yeah, two minutes left in the half. Maybe, maybe that was the, was that the Garrett Wilson one? I, I don't know. But like um, that, there was that one. And then, yeah, there was, oh, the holding call. Yeah. That was the other one on the, on the, um, the Brees Hall, like first down run. It, I mean, it was like all, yeah, right around the end of that first half. It was like, what is happening? That it was, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. And then, like, mm-hmm. yeah, even like, and I think it went the other way in the second half, where, um, you know, just you know, two two edged sword, right? Like there were times where Jonathan Vilma on the broadcast was talking about ticky tack calls, and he's like, and Arthur Smith was screaming about something they were called for some sort of pass interference or I can't remember what it was. And he was just saying like, look, like you just want and you just want consistency. Like you can't not call it elsewhere and then call it here. And, and he's right. Like, I think Vilma was, was right in that instance where he was saying like, look, like it's gotta mm-hmm. be consistent. And it was just not consistent. So that was, you know, I mean, uh, you know, like again, it's it's all like sad loser talk because the Jets lost thirteen to eight. But and like, yeah, what 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 do we get if the Jets actually beat the Falcons? Like, what what is that? What is that? Right. It's nothing, nothing. So nothing. like, in the end, it's fine. But like, it's just so egregious to see it. And it's but it's also this thing of like, is this just part of Jets being a Jets fan that like we just get never get calls? Like, I, I guess like. But yeah, then then to see like the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, you know, basically Michael Hardman got mugged, you know, over the back on a play where he, I mean, it was you know, do mm-hmm. or die time for for the Chiefs, and like I can was like third down or something like that, and uh, second or third down on like you know less than two minutes in the game, and yeah, no call. It was it was just a blatant terrible job. Like I and. I don't know. Maybe someday we'll have robots who will, who will, you know, officiate the game and we can get consistent because they've, you know, trained, they've trained these robots on, you know, models of like, okay, this is pass interference. This is not pass interference. Um, Mm -hmm. So maybe we'll get there. Especially with the camera angles, like, you know, growing up, we needed review because they were like, two camera angles and now we've got <laughs> a pylon cam and multiple drones and the overhead and the, like you've got eight angles on any one given play that you can right. find again you could find a penalty on every play and so figuring out how do we not just call every single thing um because you just can't uh, but figuring out which ones actually affected the play and which ones didn't like there does seem to be at least if, if nothing else the common sense like, you know, you've got a you've got your officiating HQ in New York and they're just buzzing in when they're watching a play and there wasn't a penalty for something that absolutely was a penalty or his knee was down before the fumble. Like if we can cut down these reviews and get it away from the guys in the stadium having to do all that stuff, it does seem like a common sense approach um, to figuring out how to more consistently um, 
call mm-hmm. call an NFL game in a way that fans understand and the teams understand because there's so much frustration around the inconsistency, and that's the part that they have to address one way or another. That's it. We we figured it out. We figured out our next careers, Josh. You You're welcome. Gonna, we're we're gonna we're gonna start a startup. We're gonna do we're gonna do like just feed it all as many games as we can. We're gonna get you know some advisors who are ex NFL officials. They can kind of take the rule book and then we'll train the models on you know what is a penalty, what is not a penalty, and then write like we can have just like in baseball, you've got the you know like the box that basically tells you if it's a strike or a ball, like. We can effectively mm-hmm. do the same thing with this is a hold, this is not a hold, this is a defensive pass interference, this isn't, this is a you know a false start by you know like I, I, it's crazy to me how often the tackles are now taking steps before the snap like it's just unbelievable mm-hmm. like but it's like when but they don't call it like they just don't call it so yeah we're we're, we're on this we're we're gonna solve it you and i we're gonna build, build a big startup travis can be our uh he can be our 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 uh the chef of the office in new york city we'll have <laughs> we'll have a slide we'll have ping pong tables it's gonna be great can't can't wait can't in, wait in all right well hey man this is great thanks for thanks for being here with me uh this week thanks listeners for for listening in um we will see you next week after the nets next Jets debacle or glorious uh, but irrelevant victory. We hope the Jets find someone who's willing to play quarterback for them, or uh, that Robert Saw knows enough to, um, you know, not be uh, a mincing whatever and like actually ask someone to play the quarterback position. Um, you know, like uh, we'll, we'll hope that we'll have some answers for you after next week because we certainly didn't. We miss Travis. Travis always is. Uh, he's always got answers for us. Uh, We'll be back next week. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you next week.